Hey, welcome to Transform Pain to Power, the podcast about what it really takes to resolve pain and the simple, unconventional yet proven techniques to get you there most quickly. Listen in for high-level creative conversation to inspire you to engage with the life that you want in a body that you love. Welcome to episode 56. I'm your host, mind body coach, and pain relief expert, Molly Jager. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm going to be really honest with you and say that I have toiled over today's episode. I have been through and through. I've done so many versions and I'm still struggling, but this is my final one and I'm just going to move forward with it. And Part of the reason is that this is such a big topic that it is hard for me to kind of narrow it down for you today. I'm going to be talking about childhood stuff that you developed, created, um, came to understand when you were but a child, new on this earth, that while may have served you at the time for a little while, continues to be present in your life and is no longer useful to you. I'm going to be talking about that and how it's related to your symptoms of pain in your body. Now, I know some of you, perhaps many of you already know that this is part of the work that is recommended whenever you are aware that you have mind-body pain, that it, it stems from psychological and emotional places, but still many of you are avoiding it if you are aware of it. And many of you have started but stopped or felt like it wasn't really taking you or giving you the results that you wanted. And because like some of you are here and you're just like, okay, this is a brand new topic for me. Let's, let's hear it. And some of you are like, what the heck? So there's a lot to cover, but really what we're talking about here is how when we're children, we have experiences and without realizing it, we create habits of behaving and thoughts around those experiences that become actions, that become neural patterns in our mind and in our body. And once a neural pattern gets laid down, if it's more or less effective in the moment, our biological design is that we keep it, right? We don't go back and open things up unless we come to a point where we realize that work is needed, that effort is needed. It's just not the way we're designed. So now as an adult, what I'm suggesting is that this effort is needed. This work is needed and it's time if you're listening to this episode for you to explore this process or this work, right? I think for many of us, this is really hard to connect um, the dots between childhood experiences and symptoms of pain in our adult body. And I think there are two main reasons for this. Number one, These are habits and patterns that we don't consciously know we are doing. It's our reality. It's our experience. It's our way. 
which of course is how they get formed and become habits and patterns in ourselves, in our lives. And so we can't actually see how we're contributing to the pain that we're experiencing because we don't notice it. It's happening underneath our radar. And so that's partly why. And the other reason is that we think it's going to be difficult or we think that for some reason it's scary. You might not even, it might not register as that to you. It might feel more like, yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not really relevant to me. More like, yeah, I had a pretty good childhood. It was fine. You know, like, or yeah, I had a shitty dad and my mom wasn't like really around. Uh, she didn't, you know, she just wanted me to be nice and do a good job. And that's about it. Or whatever. Like, I know that. I know that about my childhood. It's not a mystery to me. So I don't really need to unpack it. I already know. <laughs> that might be present for you. And you also might like, I've already done therapy, Molly. And I don't really feel the need to go back there again. Now, here's the thing. All of those reasons are that you're telling yourself or that are, you know, present for you that you're thinking about really are coming down to one of those core issues. Either that you just don't see it, you don't see the connection because it's hidden from your conscious mind, buried in your automatic uh, nervous system, or because it feels scary or difficult, right? One of those or both of those are at play. So... If you're the former, if you're like, I don't really see the relevance, I want to share with you a story about my daughter who um, is nine and it will give you some insight into how these things develop in a very unconscious way and stay with us if we don't do the work of excavating and looking and paying attention. And then I want to share with you some thoughts about why it's so important now, no matter what kind of childhood you've had, to connect those dots for yourself in order to cre not just create uh, results to alleviate your symptoms and your pain, but also to change the underlying pattern. I mean, that's really what is of interest here is changing or opening up the opportunity to change some of those core beliefs and patterns that are driving your behavior, creating that internal source of stress and keeping you from like experiencing the fullness of who you are and this kind of radical self-acceptance that allows you to be more pain-free, right? That allows, allows you to kind of move pain through your system rather than it getting stuck. So first of all, let me tell you about my nine-year-old daughter who I have learned so much through watching her experience. I have a nine-year-old who has mind-body symptoms. Uh, she gets headaches, she gets dizzy, she gets some stomach aches, some kind of nervous belly. And... We've done a lot to explore 
different possibilities, different causes. And ironically, my first go-to as a parent was medical and anatomical. Like, what's wrong? <laughs> Is it her diet? Does she have allergies? Is it dust? Is it in the environment? Like, that's where I went to first. And we did a lot of work and investigation in that area. But over the years of being present with her and listening to her experience and talking to her, it's so glaringly obvious that what she's experiencing are mind-body symptoms. And look, here's the thing, right? We can't, we can't, our parents couldn't, and we can't, with our children, protect anyone from their own mind. We can't stop anyone, ourselves included, from having fears and difficult emotions. It's part of the passage of life. It's part of what we have to go through as humans on this planet. And part of our job is to learn how to be present with those big things and still move forward, right? And not continue to let ourselves be drawn into or away from the that very important work that we have as humans. And let me tell you why. So what's so amazing is that my daughter has created a strategy for herself that she kind of discovered works. And this is how you worked as a child and most of us continue as adults is that when we find strategies that work, we use them again. It makes logical sense, right? The problem is that those strategies don't have uh, the long-term view in mind. Often they're more serving immediate needs, which are how can I have the least amount of pain, expend the least amount of effort, and have the most joy <laughs> or pleasure, right? Those are the three basic needs. And of course, underlying that is a sense of safety, right? How can I feel safe? And um, if that's all that's being kind of considered in the moment, then your responses are going to be different than, than they may be if you're thinking about something more long-term, right? And in childhood, we're just like, you know, we're just flying by the seat of our pants. We're just working with what we've got. Very little experience of the world we're trying to figure things out and we're trying to like make it through right so we develop these strategies these techniques and then we use them again and again and then we forget that there's something that we've created and then they just become the thing we do right and that moves with us as we get older into our adulthood so let me tell you the strategy she developed and see if you recognize it in yourself. She realized that she could use distraction to not feel whatever was uncomfortable for her to feel in that moment. How do I know? Because she told me. She said to me, Mommy, if I just distract myself, then I don't feel it. Right? Then it's not so bad amazing so simple so obvious <laughs> and so amazing she figured it out great problem is of course 
the underlying problem is not really being addressed. The core issue is still there, which is the discomfort with that underlying feeling, right? Whatever that is for her. And the symptoms are just kind of on top of that, right? They emerge from that. So that's really what our work is together, you know, for me as a parent. And just in the same way that we can't always create the results that we want in our own mind-body systems, right? It's like, you know, something that we're wading through, we're figuring it out. There's lots, there's lots to unravel in our own selves. But even I can't provide that for her as a parent. I can just kind of plant the seeds. But this might be something that she'll, you know, have to figure out in her own life, in her own time. But I'm definitely working on it with her. So let me tell you a little bit about what she does to distract herself, right? What are the activities, right? She picks up a book and she gets really engrossed in reading. And when that doesn't work, she puts it down and she moves on to another one. And then she moves on to another one and she moves on to another one, right? And one of the things I want to share with you that's particularly interesting is a mode of behavior that from the outside wouldn't seem out of character. My daughter is pretty social. She's gregarious and outgoing. She likes to play. She likes to play with people. But what happens is she gets into kind of hyperactive mode. And it's it's a different quality than energetic and playful. It's hyperactive. And she gets in this mode when she's done a number of her strategies and she still has the pain or the underlying symptom that she's trying to cover up or avoid. So, and what that looks like is like her coming to one of us and like, will you play with me? Will you play with me? Let's talk and gets very talkative and just kind of like goes on and on and on, right? Like what you might think of when you think of a hyperactive nine-year-old. <laughs> That's basically it. And I've come to recognize this as part of her strategy of distraction. So just notice for a moment in yourself, is that something that you recognize now? These kinds of behaviors in yourself, are there things that you do? And another one that she does is if it's within the window of time that she's allowed to watch something, that's what she'll do. She'll watch Netflix or something like that. So you probably recognize in yourself ways that you distract yourself, but there might be other ways that you distract yourself that you might not recognize as strategies you might just think of them as things that you do right and just let that sit for a moment and notice if there's anything that starts to emerge for you and even you can look back into your childhood and think like was there perhaps any activities that i did then that i didn't really realize were things that i did for this reason in order to avoid something that I didn't want to feel or an experience that I found uncomfortable, right? Is there anything that you can remember from your childhood? And this is just a question to begin to discover and the way to move forward with it would be to put it to writing or, you know, work with somebody who can help you do more of that excavation. And part of what I want to point out here is that you can have a good childhood, right? Where you have loving parents 
who do their best and try and, you know, provide a safe, loving environment for you to grow up in. I had that too. And yet I have a human brain. I have a human nervous system. And I live in a world where there were times where, you know, I had to take care of dealing with something in myself. And I developed strategies and techniques that allowed me to push those things down so that I could feel comfortable again, so that I could feel like capable or safe in myself. And whatever it was that I created or that we create for ourselves unintentionally avoids meeting the core issue, right? It's all kind of part of our strategy for avoiding it, running away from it, hiding from it, hiding it from our awareness, whatever it is. So you don't have to have uh, a really difficult childhood in your past in order for this to be relevant for, for you now. In fact, I would even say that sometimes I had a great childhood can be a very typical response for somebody who has mind-body symptoms. Like, I don't deserve this level of self-care or it's not uh, legitimate for me to have difficult feelings because, you know, my parents were there for me as a child. Other people have had it much more difficult than me. So why should I cry about it, right? It's a very kind of typical response and almost a disguise for not feeling those big difficult feelings. And bound up in that, of course, is a kind of shame for having feelings, for being vulnerable, for having fears. And we use the excuse of having a decent childhood to keep us from doing the emotional process work. Now, if you've done this work, but you haven't gotten a lot of mileage out of it with your symptoms, here's a kind of tip that I want to invite you to explore. And you can do this if you're just starting this kind of work. And that is to just really start to relate it to how you're feeling in your body. It's so simple. It's so, so simple. But often what happens is that we get caught up in the story. We get caught up in the meaning that something that we make, that we create. And that's just the story. But as you're going through this kind of work, bring it back to the sensations that you feel in your body. This is not one session type of work. This is something that unfolds over a long period of time. And as you get through the layers, more and more will be revealed to you. But always bring it back to what am I feeling right now in my body? What do I recognize? What subtle uh, sort of tightness or tension or burning or heat or tingling starts to show up? when I have this emotion, when I have this experience, when I recall this aspect of my childhood. And then don't try to solve for it, right? Don't try to put the pieces together. Don't try and 
bring logic to this and that and that and this and put it all together in a nice clean way. That's why I blah, blah, blah. Oh, now I know why I da, da, da. You know, don't do that. That's the story. Just stay with the present moment experience. Because here's the thing. It's not that these things like get stored away in your body like a book on a shelf. It's more that these patterns become activated, right? They're there living in real time in your body, which is why when you experience a memory and you feel the same, or when you recall a memory, you feel the heat of the emotion again, right? So strongly, even though it's been years, it's not that like, that's never, that's always there. It's just stuck inside you. It's that you've, it's like been brought to life and it's active in that moment. The neural pattern is present. So part of rewiring is being present with it on purpose. Being present with all the layers. And by layers, I mean the thoughts that show up, the feelings, and the sensations. And I would add to that the kind of symbolic imagery that shows up, which is kind of in the realm of thought, but maybe more kind of subconscious. And it's all just a matter of practice, right? I'm just going to be present to my experience right now. I'm not going to try and make it go away. I'm not going to try and solve it or figure it out, right? And that level of presence is how you create a sense of safety. Like, I'm not going to divert myself from just simply being present. And then things will start to open up for you. I can't tell you how powerful it is. You have to experience it for yourself. And the way that the nervous system works and the synapses between uh, nerve endings work is that every time you recall a memory, every time um, something gets sort of a neural network gets activated, the synapses often disconnect or they open up and they become available to kind of, you might think of it as reinterpretation that are like basically opening up to the possibility of new data so that they can reconnect differently with with that new data, with that update. And you being present with yourself is new data, is providing new experience for that neural network, right? And that's rewiring in the moment. So the main takeaway for today is do this work. Do this work of returning to patterns and habits and beliefs and thoughts that you developed in your childhood that you perhaps weren't aware of. Don't assume that it's not relevant for you. Don't let yourself sort of tell yourself that it's not important. And Even if you have resistance to it, let yourself explore it because we never know what's there until we go there, right? Until we open the door and explore what's inside. And 
here's the thing. It's really not as scary as it seems, nor is it as difficult as it seems. Like the hardest part is always starting. And once you get engaged with what's happening, once you get engaged and present, it starts to become really enjoyable, life-affirming, rewarding work that will impact on so many levels. It will impact you on so many levels. So finally, I'll leave you with one simple way to start this work is to follow the John Sarno prescription, which is to write down a list of your um, childhood stressors. Write down a list of things that were difficult for you, whether or not you think that they're relevant, write them down. Just write a list and then take each one either the one that interests you most or just go down the list, whatever, and give yourself 20-minute thought dump where you're just free writing about that event or that experience. Focusing on how you feel about it, right? What it brings up inside you emotionally and also in your physical body, right? What you notice happening in those places. That's just one simple way to get started. And if you feel like you need extra support, reach out, get a therapist, get a coach, get a a mind-body coach, somebody who understands the mind-body connection and the relationship between pain and this like mental and emotional parts of your, of yourself. I think it's critical work. I think it's essential. And I think that it is so powerful, right? So powerful. So don't take my word for it. Do the work yourself. Have the experience yourself. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you soon. Hey guys, thanks for listening in again today. It's been so wonderful to share this information with you. If you enjoyed today's episode, pop into whatever platform that you listen on and see if you can find where it is that you can leave a review, leave me a comment, tap some stars. And if you leave a comment, let me know what you liked about today's podcast. What kind of insights did you get as you were listening to the information? There's probably also a place where you can click on some link and easily share the podcast either on social media or with friends and family who you think might benefit from hearing this information. It helps to spread the word. It helps to kind of move this work further out into the world. So I really appreciate that kind of support, that kind of feedback. So thank you so much. Now, if you are someone who is wanting one-on-one support in your pain relief journey, then there is a link down below this podcast. In fact, in every episode where you can simply click to book a consult call with me. They're free. We get on the phone. Basically, we just talk about, you know, what might have led to these circumstances, what's causing the pain and try to get a sense of what the root of that is and then what the root out is. What is the way forward? And I have a way, a really simple assessment that I can help you to um, get clear on your situation and so you can stop chasing symptoms if you find yourself in that place and start taking empowered action to be 
in alignment with your health. Now, also find me on social media. Go to the Facebook group from Pain to Empowerment. Find me on Facebook, um, Move to Nourish. And also you can find me on Instagram. I'm having fun over there. Come join me at uh, move to with the number two nourish.com. And you can always, always email me at molly with a Y at move to nourish.com. That's move to nourish.com. And listen, if you are struggling, please reach out for support with me or with someone else, someone who can support you because you are exceptional. You have a life to live, you have things to do, but you are not exceptional in the fact that your nervous system is just like every other human being. And because of that, I know that regardless of what you've experienced, regardless of what you've been through, you can change at the level of your nervous system. You can rewire, break the cycle of pain, and start experiencing amazing health and wellness. I know it. So do that. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you soon.